You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Tony Uphoff, President and CEO of Thomas. In addition to the very real physical and emotional tolls, the COVID-19 pandemic has placed businesses in an unprecedented situation historically and economically. A wildly dynamic and volatile environment has forced companies to find ways to become more agile to safely navigate the shifting landscape and respond to the needs of the day. Tony Uphoff, President and CEO of Thomas, joins us to share his observations on how manufacturers are finding their pivot and rising to the occasion. Joining me today from New York City is Tony Uphoff, President and CEO of Thomas. Tony, thank you so much for taking some time out to talk with the Inbound Logistics Podcast today. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. A unique time, to say the least, my friend. Absolutely a unique time. How are you doing, by the way, personally? Hey, thanks for asking, and we got a chance to catch up a little bit. We're, we're, we're doing good, and uh, my wife and I are uh, in New York City, and we're following all the guidelines, and uh, as you uh, well know, our company pivoted some 325 employees literally within 48 hours to fully remote work, and uh, that continues as you and I are evidencing right now. So, so far, so good, and I hope the same for you and all of uh, all of the listeners out there that they're uh, staying safe and, and following the guidelines. Thank you. Yeah, it, it has been an incredible uh, pivot, so uh, we're doing what we have to do. Let's talk about Thomas, though, because it has been an impressive pivot. Thomas started more than 100 years ago. Can you describe what Thomas was when it started, what it's been throughout history, and uh, what it has evolved into today, especially since uh, you're now at the, uh, the head of the line there? Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing. This is the 122nd year uh, that Thomas has been serving the manufacturing, industrial, and supply chain marketplaces. And over that course of time, it's funny, this this experience, this moment we're living through has has given you know me a little bit of inspiration to go back and kind of look at history. And and the founder of our company actually managed the business through two world wars, through a depression. Uh, through untold pandemics from the Spanish flu to others out there. As a matter of fact, during World War II, Thomas had 250 advertisers, customers that lobbied the the White House on behalf of Thomas because back then it was a print-driven era and there was a print shortage. And the Thomas Register was deemed essential to the war effort to match up buyers and sellers of manufacturing goods and services. So I, I can't tell you, Jeff, how proud I am of, of the, the company that, that you and I are, are uh, lucky enough to be a part of, but also the role that we've played throughout history and, and uh, often at times like this, where the manufacturing industry has needed to be rallied and we've needed to support supply chain professionals and you know custom manufacturers and product companies to to help support uh, the efforts to combat this uh, this horrendous pandemic right yeah and uh, speaking of that you, you mentioned uh, history there uh, let's switch to fortune teller for a little bit what kind of steps are you taking to to guide Thomas to success in say the next hundred years well I think you know the the big from two shift that I think you know in 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 your and my tenure right obviously is the shift into a more technologically driven, a series of products and services that we produce on behalf of our users and our advertising customers. And, and that really has has probably been the big shift. And that plays out over 20 or 30 years. And if I take a brand like Inbound Logistics, which is our brand for the supply chain, that is a very unique hybrid model where it uh, has a print magazine, but also a very robust website, series of email newsletters, 
and also some utility on the website to connect supply chain professionals with some of the critical things that they're looking for. With thomasnet.com, we made a series of transitions over the years, and today that print business uh, is now a very large and robust digital platform. And so in any given month, you know, a million point eight, a million point nine people come on, engineers, procurement professionals, supply chain managers looking to source product uh, or services. And uh, we're, you know, it, it's remarkable to me that, that we just keep adding features. I think we've got now about 200 different individual filters um, that can allow people to find exactly what they're looking for and suppliers to connect with the right in-market buyers. Next week, Jeff, you're going to actually see a COVID-19 response supplier badge that will start to appear in supplier profiles, but also a filter with which uh, users looking for the critical equipment, particularly in PPE type of equipment. And then I think as we look forward for you know both ThomasNet and inbound logistics, I, I'd go back to that statement I made about that sense of utility. You know, we, we manage our brands with a clear focus. The true north for us is how are these used by professional buyers and suppliers out there? And I think you'll see us continue to stay very focused on that. And I don't think it's a mystery to suggest that the future probably holds more features that you and I would think of as digital oriented features going forward. Um, that help those professionals do their jobs. Yeah, I want to expand on that digital uh, transformation in a little bit. Uh, let's go back to uh, inbound logistics for a second. How important are ideas like demand-driven logistics in today's economy in general and uh, right in the face of COVID-19? Yeah, I think what you've seen in inbound logistics has been on the front lines of covering this and really accentuating this is you've seen the complete transformation of the way supply chains work today, and, and I mean it in this regard, Jeff, the speed and agility uh, of supply chains. It is just mind-boggling to me to, you know, you use terms like demand-driven supply chains. You know, back in the day, it was so difficult to shift in and around supply chains to adapt to changing marketplaces. And boy, you made the wrong supply chain decisions and a market started to move on you. You were dead. You know, you really couldn't recover from that. And today not unlike what just-in-time manufacturing did, demand-based logistics, if you will, or supply chain management is, is really becoming, I'll say more the norm, but it's opening up so much opportunity for companies. It's to a certain extent, democratizing parts of supply chain. The other thing we're starting to see a, a lot of movement in, and, and uh, our inbound logistics brand has been on the forefront of this as well, is the idea of real-time supply chain management. So let's take this, this current remarkable crisis that we're all wrestling with right now. The fact of the matter is, many of us had access to data where we saw this coming. We may not have understood exactly what it was or the significance of it. And so I'll give an example. Through some of the data that Inbound Logistics tracks, certainly through some of the data that we see in ThomasNet, we could start to see a lift in demand for certain types of products and services. Initially, we saw it coming out of China. Then we started, started seeing it coming out of other parts of Asia. Now, granted, while well, perhaps there was a faint whisper of something called coronavirus in the news, it, this was eight weeks ago. So it wasn't anywhere near what we were seeing today. We'll take that and now start to think about how companies are looking at managing their own supply chains. The days of, you know, you get a report 90 days after the fact of your supply chain's uptime are over. 
we're seeing examples of companies that have war rooms now where they have 24 hours a day, real-time cameras up monitoring their entire supply chain. So they don't need that phone call. They know when something went down or they know when they've got a problem. So much longer answer to your, your basic question than you than you uh, asked, but I think it's a very exciting time because I think the, that we're seeing this remarkable intersection between technology and the physical movement of goods and services in ways that, boy, you know, years ago we only dreamed of. Right, right. It's interesting uh, because the general public doesn't necessarily think about supply chains until a crisis like this happens, right? And then we get panic buying and uh, and things like that that put a stress on the uh, supply chains that are out there. But but they're still moving and they're still working. Do you see similar stresses like that in the manufacturing sector? You know, we do. And 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 I'll go back. I'll back up to go forward. Something you just said, I think, really is is such a critical statement. I, I think where. The supply chain as a profession and as a critical function and manufacturing as a career and as a critical function are so misunderstood by the average person. And, and I, it, it kind of blows me away. So most people, and, and I'm going to wildly generalize here, Jeff, this isn't universally true, but if you take the average person, you're at a cocktail party or you're at a, you know, one of your kids' school functions and somebody asks you the industry you're related to. The average person thinks of supply chain as some dirty, grimy kind of physical business. Um, they think of manufacturing. They're conjuring up a 1930s era of seeing factories and things like that. And as you well know, nothing could be further from the truth. These are blazingly modern, technically driven, you know, uh, high tech businesses today. So I think that's the, the first comment I'd make. Second comment I would make is we have rock stars that are coming out of supply chain management that are running companies now. You know, most people, and I would challenge the average person to tell me where Tim Cook was before he was at Apple or what he did, right? Steve Jobs knew him, but the average person in the Silicon Valley had never heard of Tim Cook. He was a very, he was a savant at supply chain management at Compact Computer. But boy, Steve Jobs knew who this guy was and knew that to fulfill on his vision for building these types of visionary products and services, there was one huge piece that he needed to get right, and that was supply chain management. And so I think we're starting to see more and more of the implications of this. And what I always say to the average person and just trying to understand the critical nature of the supply chain, and boy, is this so clear right now, you know, Jeff, with, with the way we're looking at the world is, I break it down to the basic. I ask them what their favorite restaurant is, and they'll give me a name, and I'll say, "Okay, great. What if what if they couldn't get the steaks that you wanted? What if that broke down? Or what if it was a sushi place and they couldn't get fresh fish? What would happen? Well, they'd go out of business. Okay, that's supply chain management. Now it's at a local level, but you extrapolate that out, and that's the uh, the impact of that. Well, what are you seeing then in the manufacturing supply chain? What kind of challenges are they facing? I think the biggest challenges the manufacturing industry is facing right now as we speak, right, this moment in time, is getting either the raw materials to make the pivot to start producing what's called PPE or personal protection equipment. So I'll give you a good example. We were contacted today by a very, very, very large automobile company that was looking to source um, some primary components to allow them to pivot and to start producing respirators to help with the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And so 
clear in their eyes that they they can't get the materials. We've had examples of garment companies that are commercial garment companies, you know, make you know, all types of different garments. We were contacted by a company that makes heavy duty canvas covers for military use and for also use in the maritime industry. They have the capability to, to pivot and to start sewing masks and gowns and other things like that. The biggest challenge they have is the raw materials right now. So that's step one, you know, can, can you know, looking for the raw materials for the manufacturers today. What the good news, I think, about this, Jeff, is that not unlike the way we were talking about advances in the supply chain, where it, it, you know most companies have become so much more agile, they have secondary, tertiary, they have on demand, the, the manufacturing industry has gone through a metamorphosis as well. And certainly not every manufacturing business businesses can do this, but many can actually shift production on the fly and start producing different types of products and services using, if not the same equipment, similar equipment to what they have on the factory floor. I, I was contacted by the CEO of a company that's one of the, the, the leading plastic injection molding um, uh, companies in the United States. And I was contacted by their CEO last week and he was offering their services and, and could they you know, make this pivot? And he was talking about that they can produce plastic components that go into everything from respirators and medical equipment that they don't currently do, but easily can change out to be able to do that. So I think two things. I think one is the manufacturing industry, like everybody right now, seeing a constriction in, in understanding how to get access to the right types of supplies at this, this critical moment. I think the other aspect about that is if there's good news, and I think there is a lot of it out there, these are companies that can move quickly once they have access to that and start to produce in volume too. Is that what the manufacturing companies are being asked to do by the government? Is is that the bulk of it? You know, it's, it's um, as you and I speak here today on Friday, March 27th, it's difficult to tell exactly where some of these things stand. So what we've clearly seen over the last week are a series of statewide business closures. And the language around um, those business closures is is written in a somewhat vague way, and in fairness to the state legislatures that are that are doing this, they're trying to be both definitive but flexible at the same point in time. We have yet to come across an example of a state that is mandated a closure, which is the majority of the states that hasn't provided a um, business essential designation of manufacturing. So all the way to say that manufacturing. And in some cases where they haven't uh, designated it that way, we've heard from hundreds of companies that said it was literally a form they filled out and they got immediate exemption from it. But even with those companies, Jeff, inherent in your point, they have factories and they have factory workers that can keep social distancing and come in and run these machines, get these critical components uh, and services and products built and then shipped out. Um, what has happened to all those functions in the company, however, people don't think about sales, marketing, administration, perhaps technical support, those functions, right, can't go into the, into the, the, the building. So those functions are starting to work from home. So we've seen some of um, our customers and, and broadly speaking, some companies in the manufacturing industry that have struggled a little bit with that pivot. You know, it, it, the, the digital transformation of industrial sales and marketing is is moving, but it's it lags other industries. 
this is likely the accelerant that's going to really, really drive that digital transformation. Okay. You mentioned uh, working with some big companies. Uh, how about with the government? How is Thomas working with the government to address this whole situation? You know, Jeff, as you know, we've, we've um, through the years, uh, you know, developed really good relationships with various governmental agencies. And, um, you know, we, we regularly check in uh, with, you know, congressmen, senators, uh, legislative staffs that sit on the Manufacturing Caucus, Ways and Means, and other areas, and we offer our data sets and what we're seeing, what our data is showing to, to those uh, agencies to try to help them see how to, how to maybe shift and pivot and take advantage of this. Um, we recently uh, participated in a conference call for uh, constituents of the Department of Commerce International Trade Division, where we shared some of the data and a recent survey we did across 1,800 manufacturing companies on the early impact, if any, of the, the coronavirus. So we're always looking to, to help in that regard. We also created, Jeff, I'm pretty sure you're aware of, uh, last week we launched the Thomas Coronavirus Resource Hub. And perhaps in the show notes, we can give out the, uh, the address for that. And it, it is exactly what it sounds like. It is a place that has all of the different data and information of what's happening. It has each of the state mandates on closures and exceptions. Uh, it's got very practical guides in there. You, you and I were just talking about shifting for, to work from home. It's got information that, uh, that, that, you know, uh, uh, that, that can help companies understand how to do some quick uh, and, and effective moves there, including links to free resources to help along the way. Um, we have seen uh, a, a ton of activity on there. We've had, uh, in 48 hours, we had over 300 companies register on there to offer either the ability to pivot their business and to help out or uh, supply of products or services or looking for specific supply of products and services to complement the activity that's already happening on the, on the broad-based platform. Um, and then what we're also seeing is some regular, uh, some governmental groups or agencies are starting to link to the resource center to share it with their constituents uh, to help. Overall, on ThomasNet right now, we've seen about a 20% lift in sourcing in the last 30 days. And that's off a big number. You know, an average month is big. And we've seen about a 20% lift. It's most acute in the products and services that you and I are talking about. Again, it, you know, the... the personal protection, equipment, and related services. However, we're also seeing a much broader uh, set of sourcing happening. And our theory is, similar to your supply chains uh, you know, analysis, is a lot of companies are taking this as an opportunity to make sure, perhaps I'm shoring up a disrupted supply chain, but I might also just be wanting to make sure, boy, I, ho I hope I don't get disrupted in the future. Maybe it's time to have a secondary source or a third source um, or, or perhaps think through some alternatives here just uh, in the event that, uh, that I, th there could be a disruption that I can't foresee at this point in yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to the digital transformation element just a, a little bit. The general workforce has had to, to do that pivot as well. We're working from home. We're telecommuting, video conferencing, all that stuff. Uh, do you have some key takeaways for manufacturers uh, or other companies to remain agile in this particular crisis? I would offer up a few things, Jeff, that I think are, are really, really important at a time like this. And some of them are really basic and some of them might be you know, things that you would consider a bit more advanced. 
I, I think in the spirit of basic, um, but very practical, there are a series of resources that if you haven't already taken advantage of them, um, you can explore and get up and running on them very, very quickly. So by now, I think everybody in the world is familiar with the company Zoom and, <laughs> and, and the technology that's available for their, uh, their Zoom at some levels can be used in quotes for free and it's well worth checking out. You and I are actually using a platform right now called Ring Central. The underlying video technology that Ring Central integrates in is also Zoom technology. Um, people have forgotten about Skype, but Skype is still available and, and uh, a free version of that. It, it, oh, let me mention one other. Uh, Cisco produces a, a service called WebX, and as well, they've reached out to us and wanted to, to make sure the manufacturing industry knows that that is a, uh, at a base level, a free service. So, you know, first step, explore quickly the services that are available that you could get access to, get up and running, you know, very, very quickly, and that's going to be, you know, critically important. Second thing is I um, overemphasize the use of video at a time time like this. And I know that probably sounds funny, particularly if companies aren't used to doing that. And the whole idea of working remotely is new to begin with. The, the thing that we find, and, and it's obviously accentuated at a time like this, is, you know, in common language cultures, upwards of 85% of the information we're taking in from each other is nonverbal. So the challenge that you have is without video, it's very difficult to see how you're connecting with people. The secondary thing to video is there's a certain context, but also familiarity that can come from that. And, and this is a time when people need to connect with each other. And, and Jeff, that doesn't matter whether that's you know, between two colleagues in a company or you're reaching out to a customer or to a partner um, as you know, across our company right now, I, I've lost count of how many video calls that we're doing. I hosted a video call for 200 people today that encompasses all of our different uh, sales channels, including our large independent channel that we call the Certified Thomas Partners. Now, granted, I was the only one on video because it would have gotten too intense with 201 uh, video feeds. But I can't tell you the, the feedback I got, not only on the call, but afterwards, people sending notes, calling me up, sending me Slack messages. So two things, explore the free services, pay close attention to video. And then I guess the third thing I'd mentioned, Jeff, and then you know, hand it back to you, um, use this as an opportunity. And I know that sounds counterintuitive at a time like this. Um, History teaches us that the manufacturing industry steps up in most every major crisis. Go back through history and it's happening as you and I are speaking right now. So for every company that might struggle and might lose a customer or two, you're going to gain a customer. You're going you're to cement customer relationships. So use this as an opportunity. Reach out to existing customers. Reach out to prospects. Watch your tone. Watch the way you approach it. You don't want to be viewed as an ambulance chaser. But at the same point in time, the majority of these are absolutely essential business services. They're not non-essential. We're not selling some sort of you know, goofy consumer thing that people could do without. And so you know, get up to speed on the technologies to connect you with your employees, customers. Make sure that you're reaching out. You're connecting with people and, and connecting with, with customers and prospects and, and turn this into an opportunity for yourselves. 
Yeah, it's all great information. Uh, it's an unprecedented time for sure. Uh, Thomas is doing what it can to give information out there. Uh, you pointed out that COVID-19 uh, resource, so I will put that link in the show notes. Uh, Inbound Logistics also has a COVID-19 resource hub. I will put those links in there as well, as well as a decision support tool for people to connect and uh, and help out where they can to, uh, to get people the things that they need. So... Tony, thank you so much for taking some time out. Uh, Stay strong, stay safe, and, and most importantly, stay home. Hey, Jeff, same to you, and thanks for having me on. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.